Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Annie. And this is Gail. And you're listening to Heroes. And Zeros. A true crime podcast. That's right. I love that music. And I it seems too. so funny that, you know, here it was, you know. February. Right. That you sent me, uh, you know, you put together all the website and you sent me this music for me to see what I thought. And I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, I love it. It kind of gives me a Hill Street Blues vibe. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that show? Yeah, I do. Yeah, my mom loved that show. So yeah. shout out to Bets. She loved Hill Street Happy Blues. Happy belated birthday, too. I Bets. know, right? Yeah. Yes. You're a beautiful mama. Uh, it's so awesome. So, Annie, it's yeah. funny. Um, so, our listeners need to know that I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, and but I'm starting to, both mm-hmm. motivational, and I had to do some research for this story, and oh, then yeah. it led me into a couple other podcasts, right? Yep. <clears throat> so, me. Annie, I yeah. don't have a lot of comparison. Right? I mean, you uh-huh. listen to a ton, right? What what well, all do you listen to? I, I listen mostly to true crime stuff, though. Absolutely. Yep. So, true crime guys, morbid, my favorite murder, haunted places, serial. That's what I can think. Oh, um, uh, Jonesy. Remind weird, me weird of news. Remind me of those later. I'll write those down so I can hashtag them and okay. tag them. Okay. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day... And I'm sure all of you are better. <laughs> However, at the end of the day, I was feeling pretty good by the time I got done listening to a few different podcasts the other day. <laughs> because, again, I have no comparison, but the one I saw, or the few I saw, or heard. I was like... Or did you watch them on well, YouTube or well, something? Well, they had them on YouTube, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I... Trying to do yeah, that, guys. I know. Um, we're going to figure this out. It yeah. only takes a few months. <laughs> um, we're new. Yeah. Um, I need anyway, a tech I'm, person, so... Yeah, if you can help <clears throat> us get it on YouTube, hello, we need you. Okay, so, I gotta say, though, some people really suck. And so, <laughs> we're not gonna tell, we're not gonna say their um, names. No, so but I was just really shocked that I'm like... Made you feel better uh, about... Right, it made me feel a lot better, because I'm like, well, I have no idea if we do good, we don't do good, if people like us, we yeah. don't like us, and... Um, well, the fact that nobody emails or we don't think you like calls us. us or hey, anything a few people do okay, but you're well, right yeah. um, but I but think we do need um, I know some some of these podcasts have been podcasters have been around for a year or more and they get like thousands of emails well because we're not on YouTube damn it well you put it on then <laughs> I don't know <laughs> okay because oh, I got Gosh. so much extra time <laughs> I know you do you don't do anything you don't have another job and a multiple jobs this is my list to get done today <laughs> I'm not making a list today. Um, it was made last it would night be short at midnight anyway. <laughs> to make sure I captured everything. So, yeah. Well, thank so you, anyway, Gail. Gail does take care of our social networking, though, people. Uh, not our very Facebook. well. And if you followed, you know it's well, not very it's well. it's Friday so I today. Do I got to do a Freaky Friday post. So it's Friday today, guys. So I'm not bitching about Gail at all because she is hands up. Better than me pretty much at everything. So. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I do. don't know about that. I do. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, though, it's, um, yeah, I just was laughing because I'm like, okay, at least we hold a good conversation, I think. We have great comments. There's not tons of pauses. People, Hang on, my, my arm is breaking. It's like I patting myself right? on the back. I know. There's <laughs> all the, it was just so funny because I just was you had shocked. Something to compare. At, like, somebody goes, hold on, my dog's barking or my uh-huh. kids are coming in. And now we're lucky. Lucky, we we are we our yeah. kids are grown and out yes. right so that is much easier but your husband's here yeah um and you saw her like do that angry point like get out of here um so who whoever that was on the podcast that we're oh, not saying oh, do oh. the angry oh, point oh, oh, and I get out of here that it's yeah 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 and so so I want to remember that you know we and even though it wouldn't have been a video you would have heard <laughs> them be like hold on and like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it was... Unless you pause and edit it, people. And they did a few times. Okay. But it was just interesting. And well, that's so okay. I, I'm not judging and you. And I'm like, but. I'm judging you. Um, because, you know, <laughs> Brian okay. sometimes is, comes down. We have mm-hmm. ducks here. We have a dog here. Yeah. So we all get that and noises happen. Yeah. But it was how some of them are handled. Right. It was just the long pauses or, well, sh- what should we talk about next? You know? And yeah. I was just like... You must have... But I've listened to some, like, really polished perfectly put together by four editors and six writers and an IT I mean so 
Yeah. Uh, well, some you of these share are... one of them you want me to listen to so then okay. I can get humbled again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be easy. Because uh, gotcha. uh, that's sad to hear that. Um, well, just because, you know, again, here I am I'm, judging those that aren't great, but they're probably <laughs> these ones are listening to us going, ladies, you suck, too. Well, hey, so shut it. We got to write this. You know, we don't get us, paid. Us shut it. Not you yes. guys shut it. So except for the people that are giving us subscriptions once a month. God bless you. Um, thank you again for subscribing and for donating. You're yeah. awesome. Yes, we appreciate yeah. it. So. so anyway, I just had to share that with Annie that yeah. I have really felt like well, on good. a high of how great we are. So now she's <laughs> going to give me a podcast to listen to. Bubble. And I'm going to go, oh my God, we have to quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I, I Never mind. Uh, well, we're, we're not. Get there. We're not going to quit, people. Yeah, no, we're gonna. We're got but, this. But at but the we end know of the day, we have we have room to grow, and I definitely have room to grow. So we've got that's this. What I'm going to do. And here's we are again recording on a different day because it's summer, and in a, in the pod lab we have another we have a table. Every time I come in, Annie has <laughs> made improvements. It's nice. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it because I'm usually just changing things. Like you said, making improvements. Though I remember I did a I, I used to own a painting business and a miniature designer, whatever, et cetera. I got a degree in interior design, so um, which is different than interior decorating. So you oh. all will know it requires a four year degree, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, I had a, a couple clients, or it was a client and husband and wife team, super smart, loved them, adored them. They're from my hometown, and their mantra was. I'm going to make it better than it was before. And they kind of laughed at themselves because, I mean, they could change a light bulb. They felt yeah, so, so better super than before. smart, super smart people. Um, and uh, the Pearsons, so hashtag Pearsons. Um, it was Mark Pearson who had um, a radio show and everything okay. else. I forget what it's called now. But, um, well, we'll put it in the on our Facebook thing with our hashtags because I adored the whole family. But um, I th always thought, that is exactly what I do. I do something to change it and make it better than it was before. That's right. Even though I'm thinking currently the way things are, I'm still going to change it because it's not exactly the way I want it. Right. But I'm only capable of doing so much because I'm not an engineer handyman like my husband. So I know, right? <laughs> hey, yeah. well, listen, you have the skills of interior design <laughs> and you have the skills of an engineer husband. Yeah, And as we, we all know... I married a handsome husband. <laughs> Mine is handy and handsome. Yeah. Some people get lucky Jeez, at both. Listen to my voice. I sound like such a weirdo. I think you sound pretty fucking sexy, <laughs> baby. Close your ears, kiddos. Um, oh, wait. Kiddos should not be listening to I this. I know, right? It's Mark E. You know. Just um, kidding. No, I'm... Uh, yeah. Some men are handy. Some men are handsome. Annie got the combo of both. The lucky dog. Anyway. By the way, yesterday was International Dog Day, so if you have a dog, congratulations. Oh. <laughs> Once again, I had no idea. I know, right? I'm so out of the loop. Um, no, don't worry, but I will say this. I Yesterday also was a really hard day for our, oh, in America, yeah. and so um, I do want to give a moment of silence mm -hmm. to the Marines that mm -hmm. we lost yesterday, so we're recording this for today. For their 12? Yeah, 13, I 13. think. Um, or at least 12 and one injured, and I think the one mm -hmm. passed. So um, the 13 uh, soldiers, the Marines that were taking care of us, and they're such babies. They just are such young men. They look so young when you see them on TV. And all I could think about is their sweet parents. So mm -hmm. let's do a moment of silence for their parents and our lost Marines. Mm-hmm. Why don't you keep them in your prayers? Thank you. Yeah, and we'll move on. So, all right, Gail okay. today is covering a story. I am. We never tell each other what they what the story is, so that we can, you know, our our dialogue, our reactions are are real, real and good, real. I know. So, this one is called the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. Hmm, that sounds vaguely familiar. Well, Annie, it I truly hope. is. Every parent's nightmare. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your child goes missing. Yeah. And this is also a tale, though, of why you don't lie. You know, karma's yeah. a bitch. Yeah. And, and, and in so many ways. But again, right. lies can not only get you in trouble and you've got to think about them and, and what you've said, mm -hmm. but they can also just be devastating. And as you know, 
Um, it's a story on lies, but you also know I love to cover vacation crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I love yes, to travel. And I yes, love to travel, do. Va- do vacation crime. Yeah. And this time, it's spring break. Oh. Okay. And we know a lot of fun can come from spring break. Let loose. Have fun. Every American's favorite time if you're a college student or a high school student. Right. Exactly. That time. Yeah. So a lot of fun times happen on spring breaks, but unfortunately, some nightmare stories happen too. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. Okay. Brittany Drexel. Yeah. Take it away, baby. So, Annie, we're going back to 2009, and it truly wasn't that long ago, right? What is that, 12 years? 2009, 19, yeah. Yeah, 12 years. And um, even though it doesn't, it was not that long ago, when I looked back of what I was doing, it seems like a really long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And and for all of you, I encourage our listeners to take a step Mm -hmm. back and think what you were doing. And I want you to think about how far you've come. Right. You know, because um, I really, it shocked me of how far I've come in 12 years. But I know that um, back then I worked for, and I just want to put us back into the time of 2009, I worked for a basket company. It was called Longaburger. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hand crafted quality baskets and quality quality yeah, yeah they fact, were longaburger just came back um, oh, really yeah so shout out to longaburger and um they were located in ohio in newark ohio okay. area and um i traveled and worked from home and so i only had to go to the office once in a while but the office was this giant seven-story basket that's still there oh my it's goodness unbelievable so wow I was, that shows that the basket company was making some good money oh it was over a billion dollar company when i was there so, baskets yeah. were hot and baskets are hot still. absolutely absolutely and of course they have pottery and other home crafted goods and so oh, actually, they do oh yeah and now i see i think they have a lot of uh, made in America items besides pottery and baskets. So they're back as a direct sales company. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy about that. Yeah. So, so I just recall that, oh my gosh, yeah, in 2009, I was traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had like a, a, I'd call it a nanny, but she wasn't there full time, mm-hmm. um, but was there whenever I needed to go out of town and stuff. And then, you know, I, I just remember that of, how, and that's why it seems so long ago. How about you, Annie? Do you recall? I knew you were going to ask me, and I'm thinking I can't even remember what I was doing. I know I lived in my little hometown. Uh, so how old would my kids been? So it was 12 years ago. They would have been what's 27 minus 12. So that would be <laughs> 15, 17, 15, 17, 15. So uh, I have to so do the simple math of 10 minus. Yeah, two. that's what okay. I do. Okay. Um, so I, I think I I was doing photography. Yeah, and yeah, they were at, teens. I was uh, doing photography for for high school seniors was my main client, but and my kids were fifteen and and twenty five. Okay, okay. So my old, oldest was married, and and I I don't I think I had quit my um, painting business that I had because I had a as if you listen to my last episode, I had come down with a, an autoimmune disease, so my joints did not enable me to climb ladders and paint all day and etc so yeah that's what i was doing okay you know it's interesting because it is hard to remember i actually had to look at my resume to see oh, where really? i was at yeah. what i was doing in 2009 to bring the memories back right so it yeah. is hard all right and i hope our audience likes every time we always start with a little bit of info about us yeah and a little we bit sound of a little narcissistic so sorry but hey <laughs> what else do i know about i know right me. i know about me all right so anyway we're back to 2009 okay and um back then Brittany drexel was just 17 years old she was born in rochester new york on october 7th 1991 hmm. now when i read that it really did ho- hit home because jacob my son was born in 92 right so and my really, son jacob was born in 93 in october so also. that helps us all remember all those things yeah. right so she was born to her mother dawn and it every report i said says a man of turkish descent i don't know why it says that but obviously um 
Um, she's not connected to her birth father. And shortly after Brittany was born, though, Don, her mom, married um, a man named Chad Drexel. And um, he adopted Brittany at the time. Oh, cool. Yeah. And after Chad, I guess he was in the military service. And after he finalized um, his service... Um, the family lived in Rochester, uh, a suburb, I'm sorry, a suburb of Rochester called mm-hmm. Chile. It might be Chile. Uh, so forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, okay. but it's per, it's spelled Chile, right? Like the soup? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and the, that's a suburb of Rochester, New York. So okay. kind of keeping that in mind. All right. And... Um, Brittany took a really, I guess, you know, growing up, she took an early liking to soccer. She loved soccer, and a lot of friends and family remember her being particularly fast with the ball. Uh-huh. And she was a l- tiny little thing, just five feet. Uh-huh. Um, just a Shorter tiny, than me. I know, just a tiny little thing. <laughs> and, um, and she did very well. Now, cool. she aspired uh, to someday, because she was 17, so she's thinking about her future, and she aspired really to a career in either nursing... At, cosmetology or modeling which part of me giggles because i'm like oh aren't those all the same right yeah. <laughs> but, um nursing yeah. cosmetology and modeling and um it was interesting she always had a very striking look because what she was born with some um eye disorder so like mm. a, it's called persistent hyperplastic primary vitrosis in her right eye and anyway it required a lot of surgeries and it rendered her the eye blind and so to cover her eyes tendency to wander Uh um she wore contact lenses and she chose colored ones those bright blue ones you know very distinctive i have on my green contacts right now and so a lot of people always came up to her so beautiful you know you can model look at your eyes i was thinking with a father that was from turkish descent i'm sure she had amazing skin Mm -hmm. and you know there's absolutely we will um definitely put a picture up of her she's just a really a real cute little thing right okay and um um unfortunately though in 2008 don and chad separated as married many marriages unfortunately do Mm -hmm. and that development was really not easy for Brittany. it was affecting her academic performance pretty close to chad i think so yeah and um her dad chad does say that you know the fact that they were going through a divorce aggravated you know her her schoolwork but it also affected you know she had a little bit of depression and so that kind of increased because Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and then um uh you know it was just a, a harder time. Now, she stayed with her mom. Um, however, she kept, obviously, in close contact with Chad as she was adopted by him and thinks it's her father. So, um, mm-hmm. she's a junior at this time at Gates High School. And she was wanting, as many kids want to do, um, they wanted to go, she wanted to go on spring break, right? Especially with the disruption in the household, the divorce, <laughs> um, and then your normal high school drama, you know, think of high school and how dramatizing it was. Mm-hmm. And then she had recently had a dip in grades. Yeah. And she was Poor spending baby. some time at a teen nightclub um, and acting a bit argumentative. Now, but really, I mean, it was it more than a usual teenager. I remember when I was a junior, there was a nightclub that opened, you know, on like Sunday nights and Thursday nights or something for teens, right? Mm-hmm. I remember going to those. So um, I think it's probably pretty normal. So Brittany had asked her mom um, if she could go on spring break to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. Okay, so not Padre Island, not Mexico or an island, but in spring break at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She'd be going with her boyfriend. And some girlfriends. However, her mother refused. She said she didn't know the other teenagers well. However, I also read that she grew up with these girls. So it's a little confusing, but I don't think she knew them real well. Um, okay. I, uh, uh, the girls were older than Brittany, so yeah. that might be why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it was a 14-hour drive from their home in New York to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And there were no accompanying adults going on the trip. Right. And so... Um, 
you know, obviously that made her say no. And she later on even said that she had a premonition that just something bad would happen. And so the mom did. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this led to a lot of arguments between the two for several days until on April 22nd, when Brittany asked if she could go to a friend's house for a day or two to just really calm down, get away mm-hmm. and do something for spring break instead of sitting around the house, to which Don did agree. Um, well, she agreed after she made a phone call to the girl's mother to confirm that she would be home. Okay. I mean, really, she did all the right things. Yeah. I don't think I ever asked Jake to confirm with a parent anytime after age 15. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and I'm so good for you, Don, because you did all the right things. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, what she didn't learn until years after was that the girlfriend, uh, it was a girlfriend who was put on the phone to oh. act as a parent in reassuring her mom. So, see, you can't get around that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Don did everything that she did. A protective parent that was concerned would yep. do. So. Yep. And again, if you have a teen, you may Mm -hmm. want to have them listen to this because, again, this is a lesson on why not to lie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I know what what case this is now. And I'm like, oh, I know. know. My feet are like kind of shifting and moving. I'm Well, Brittany left and later that day to Mm -hmm. go to her friends. Right. But later that day when her mom was gone, we assume she had a friend bring her back and she packed her things, everything she needed for a beach vacation. Mm-hmm. And she left for South Carolina with the girls without telling her mother. Mm-hmm. Now, her boyfriend ended up not being able to go. He needed to uh, work and so he couldn't go. So she went alone with the girls. But again, older than her, didn't know very well. Right. But she was so excited and there was just a determination for her to get to Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. So, three days after arriving in Myrtle Beach, oh, let me back up here again. Um, let me talk about how the trip was. Okay. Now, it's pretty exciting when you go on a spring break trip. Um, it's fun, um, sun, party on. Um, and Brittany, however, though, was not having the best time. Rather than the relaxing trip she expected, mm-hmm. she was being bullied by the girls that she went on the trip with. She was often left alone. They all kind of went their separate ways. I hate that. Uh, she was texting her boyfriend about how miserable she was and the trip was and, mm-hmm. and that she just wished he was there and that she could just go home. Mm-hmm. Well, three days after arriving in Myrtle Beach, Brittany called her mom, again, Dawn, mm-hmm. once um, during this trip. And this uh-huh. was on the third day. Um, she called, you know, she called from where the group was staying, which was called the Bar Harbor Hotel. Okay. And she um, told her mother that she was at the beach. And Don wasn't alarmed, as she assumed that Brittany had been referring to a beach along the Lake Ontario shoreline there in New York, not far from Rochester. A trip there seemed really plausible to her because the temperature had reached a high of 83 that day. And for our anybody that doesn't live in america uh that's 24 degrees celsius um and so and during was, spring break it's yeah it's, it's an early season it is so it's that's hot. pretty warm i agree so it's warm it's gorgeous so she assumes she's at when at she says she's beach. at the beach she, that's a what local she thinks beach. and uh she ended her call i know saying mom i love you and i'll see you tomorrow oh. we now know that the day prior to her phone call to her mom She allegedly spent the day with a friend and a club promoter from the teen club back Mm -hmm. home in Rochester. It was called Club Kryptonite. The friend's name was Peter Brozowitz. Peter Brozowitz. Now, Peter was 20. So, right there, you kind of go, you know, Mm. uh Mm -hmm. uh-oh, 17 and 20. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, technically, that's uh, child abuse, right? And so, I'm not sure if they spent the entire day together as some sources state however i do know that they met the night that night prior to that phone call we're calling her mom um right there in myrtle beach at a different club and peter and hung out with peter and i guess he introduced her to the club's owner there in myrtle beach and then um and the club owner gave her his business card again i know that but i don't know all the details why okay but kind of keep those things. What in if mind. it has something to do with modeling? Since she was right wanting to be a model, uh, it could be, and you know promotions. Yep. And yeah, absolutely. 
Well, then that evening, the evening of her mom's phone call, mm-hmm. on April 25th, 2009, she left her friends and hotel to and walked more than a mile. Actually, a mile and a half, again, for anybody in anywhere else in the world, 2.4 kilometers. Um, but she walked from the hotel where she was staying, again, the Bar Harbor, which, by the way, family said this was so unusual that she must have really wanted something because she never walked anywhere like even if it was a few blocks to the bus stop her mom would take her if she was going somewhere she just wasn't I wasn't a walker in high school either right and so she just never walked anywhere so they thought that was very unusual you know when we look back at all of it um didn't it have something to do with a shirt that she was told nope okay and so um here's a word from our sponsor and now back to the show Mm -hmm. she yeah so she went down south um a um, on on South Ocean Boulevard, and it's nighttime, and she's walking by herself. Yeah, it's well, it, it's about eight o'clock. Okay, it's eight oh, o'clock yeah. when she leaves, so it's probably so it's not getting dark, dark. yet. Probably, well, it is oh, April. Wait. It is April. Yeah, like I keep thinking. Yeah, our now times yep. here. So she walked instead of getting a ride or a cab or I don't think Ubers are around then, but um, mm-hmm. again, that was very unusual. So mm-hmm. she walked down South Ocean Boulevard from Bar Harbor Hotel. To the Blue Water Resort. Now, again, just um, a mile and a half. And Peter was staying at this hotel, the Blue Water Resort. And the and um, she but she stayed only briefly about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. And before she left now, security footage shows her entering at 845 p.m. Okay. And leaving the hotel lobby at 9 p.m. And she's wearing a, a black and white tank top, flip-flops, black shorts. She's carrying a beige purse. Um, and so you see her leave the lobby at 9. She was only with Peter for 15 minutes. Thank heavens for CCTV. I know, right? Yeah. And then um, from there, she texted or continued texting, because mm-hmm. I think it was a lot that she was texting her boyfriend, right? Normal. Uh-huh. And um, his name, by the way, is John Drexel. John Drexel. And honestly, I think Drexel? Um, he's probably our. Mm-hmm. But isn't her oh. last name Drexel? Yeah, something else. Then it's John something John, else. I typed John, it wrong. I'm like, wait a minute. She's yeah. dating her brother. <laughs> <laughs> I, doesn't she not know? That's good. Does Annie. she not know? Um, <laughs> yeah, really. No, his name is John with a G. My okay. apologies, but John with a G is kind of. Huh. Um, our best different. hero, I feel like, yeah. yeah. And anyway, she was texting him, and she said that now she was going to go see another friend at another hotel. Okay. She's never been seen since. Oh, my gosh. At around 9.15, <laughs> her text suddenly stopped, and John, being worried, began calling her friends in Myrtle Beach to see if they knew where she was or what happened. Mm-hmm. However, the friends weren't immediately concerned that the 17-year-old didn't return to their Myrtle Beach hotel. The group had gone their separate ways for much of their time in South Carolina. When those efforts failed, he called Brittany's mother, Dawn, who had not known that her daughter was in Myrtle Beach until she was contacted. Like you so, said, every parent's I worst know, nightmare. Right? You're, you, I mean, you're, you didn't even know your child's gone and now she's missing and gone mm-hmm. um my heart hurts i know right anybody going through that i know so john was right on it uh, spilling everything telling the truth letting her know what's going on mm-hmm. and so don called chad immediately um he and Ch- and uh, so don chad john i hear other family members immediately started packing to head towards myrtle beach okay and um they then called the Rochester police in New York, hoping that they could establish communications with their counterparts in South Carolina right. as they were traveling. And, yeah. you know, they wanted someone to know. And then John, the boyfriend, he reached out to a family friend. And this was a Marine stationed at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And um, he drove to Myrtle Beach and filed a missing person report with the local police. So a lot of help, a lot of involvement, and a lot of urgency went into this. I'm glad, at least with this case, that the police are listening to them and and taking them seriously instead of saying, well, she's on vacation. She's spring break, you know, and just ignore it. Yeah, they really did. And during all of this, the repeated calls and texts to Brittany's phone Mm -hmm. simply went unanswered. Mm -hmm. Now, Myrtle Beach Police, like I said, started looking immediately. 
They located the security footage from the Blue Water Resort. They talked with the last person who'd seen her before she vanished, Peter. Mm-hmm. And after police interviewed him and the men, he had also men staying in his hotel room there, too. They said that no one has been ruled out, adding they didn't have any persons of interest, though. Police searched uh, Brittany's hotel room, finding all of the clothes that she had packed, but not her purse or a cell phone, right? Which she was had Which with she her. had on her body. The friends she traveled to Myrtle Beach were, again, not someone that Brit- people knew. They didn't know Brittany extremely well. She didn't know them extremely well. Mm-hmm. However, some of the people in the group did stay an extra day because they were supposed to leave. Remember, she told her mom. Oh, yeah. The I'll, next see you tomorrow. Day, right, I'll see you tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so they stayed with Day to help search, but then they returned to Rochester right away. They just went home anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good friends. Yeah. Well, they were bullying her. They're like, yeah, yeah. Right. Who cares? Now, Peter, on the other hand, left at 1 a.m. in the middle of the night. That's weird. And he left without his belongings, his clothes, etc. And he drove back to Rochester 14 hours. Huh. He doesn't look guilty at all. Right? Now, police searched the room of a person of interest at another hotel. I cannot find who that is, where that is, but there was no evidence. And Hmm. so... So they're trying to follow all leads. Exactly. So we know that Brittany had her purse and her cell phone, Mm -hmm. and the phone's network pings were tracked on a path leading 50 to 60 miles. Again, kilometers, 80 to 97 kilometers. Oh, you're good. Yeah, actually, I know. It sounds like I'm like, doing the calculation in my head. You looked it up. It's okay. I, it's, I read it, wrote but it down. I don't know if I would have looked it up. Um, and <laughs> so you know why? Because you. we have so many listeners in Canada and other countries, yeah. then they don't use True. our our. They our wonder, well, system. how many miles right. is that? So, is kilometers is that? So um, about 50, 60 miles okay. or 80 kilometers south of Myrtle Beach. And it's an area along U.S. Route 17 near Georgetown, Charleston County line. So that was the last tower that her cell phone pinged on? Well, so you got, yes, because, and you have to remember, like, this is also now on a county line. Yeah. Which is, means a division, right? Uh-huh. And, um... Mm. Yeah, okay. the signal was later then tracked to a swampy area, uh, oh, no. sparking even greater fears for yeah. Brittany's safety. Because it's Myrtle Beach, right. South Carolina. There are there gators there. Well, yes, oh, and the man. area was searched extensively, but nothing was ever discovered. I've never moved in where there are gators. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> the following day, uh, the morning of April 26, uh-huh. the girls, um, the pings had stopped abruptly. And so, um, on her cell phone. Mm. And areas near there and around Myrtle Beach, where a body might have been disposed of, were searched for 11 days. Oh, my goodness. And for years, honestly, after that. However, nothing was ever found. Now, two years later, in 2011, police searched for an apartment in, uh, searched an apartment in mm-hmm. Georgetown County, um, but that effort didn't yield any information that helped identify any suspects. Okay. Now, her friends also came back to New York, and they wouldn't talk to Don. They wouldn't say anything, which seems suspicious, but I also go, it could just be their youth. You know, youth are awkward. They don't know what yeah. to say anyway. Their nervousness. They're uncomfortable it's around their people. their way of dealing with uh, it. Yeah. Right. Like, and, you don't know what to say. You don't want to right. offend someone that's obviously grieving. So, I mean, I know I've kind of been in that position before where I... I find myself avoiding that person, maybe, right. because I don't want to make him cry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But Peter, on the other hand, uh-huh. has told three different stories. And as uh, I said, he looked suspicious when he left in the middle of the night three different his clothes. Story. Okay, Peter, you have got something to do with this, mister. I know, but he's never charged. Fudge. In fact, because of the high profile and visibility of this case around the country, I mean, billboards went yeah. up. It was massive. Don and Peter had actually been on the Dr. Phil show and they had several confrontations on this really? television show because Peter often expressed frustration at the damage to his reputation, right? And Don, though, yeah, felt something wasn't, whether he did something, he wasn't sharing a piece of the puzzle is what she right. felt. Well, if he changed his story three, three times. times and disappeared at one o'clock in the morning i mean what was his excuse for that it had to be pretty darn good or else he is going to look suspicious what did he expect i know now don 
you know, and the family had driven to Myrtle Beach immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But she eventually did relocate there in 2013 to be close to where Brittany had last been seen and to really better monitor the progress of the investigation. Wow. She was devoted and committed. Mm -hmm. So in Mm -hmm. 2014, a newspaper article on the case's fifth anniversary she expressed a theory that Brittany had defied her to go to Myrtle Beach because she had been promised something. It seemed like it was such an urgency that she had to go, Mom. I have to go. Which, why caused all the fights, right? Mm -hmm. And so, what is it, a modeling job? You know, is it Uh something like you said? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, Dawn believes that her daughter was trafficked. and But the Myrtle Beach police at the time said, they don't believe it's a strong possibility due to their claim that there's little or no trafficking taking place in Wrong. their jurisdiction. Okay, so let's just look this up, though. Yeah. In 2019, Did. the report um, a report concluded that the South Carolina Human Trafficking Task Force raided Horry County, where this is at, as the number one county in South Carolina for reported human traffic victims. Yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. How how are they helping anyone? Were they really stupid? I, I mean, know. were they were they really un? They don't think she was trafficked, and and um, but Don. I mean, so they knew they it. knew. I mean, obviously they knew that there were people being trafficked, but, but they didn't want to say it was a problem. That's what I don't get. I know. Well, tourism. I don't know. So Funny. right, Myrtle Beach is huge yeah. tourists, right? Well, police had no leads until 2016 <laughs> when mm-hmm. an FBI age FBI agents said they believe the teen was kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and fatally shot. Whoa, that's pretty specific. At a June in 2016 press conference, David Thompson, he's a special agent in charge of the FBI in South Carolina, he revealed that the investigators had concluded that Brittany was dead. She had been abducted from Myrtle Beach to somewhere in the vicinity of Georgetown, near where the cell phone pings had ended and then killed there. The Mm -hmm. borough put up a $25,000 reward for information leading to the resolution of the case. And this, yeah. Mm -hmm. He said that the investigators believed that Brittany had been taken to the town of of McLennanville, which is right there by Georgetown. But again, Georgetown's in one county. McClellanville is in another county. Okay. And um, uh, again, right there, because that's Mm -hmm. also 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach. So what they've come to discover, he said, through the course of this investigation, is that Brittany Drexel did leave Myrtle Beach area. We believe she traveled to the area of McClellanville, and we believe she was killed after that. Thomas said it was not clear if she left Myrtle Beach on her own. Months later, court documents revealed that an informant told investigators that Brittany was abducted, gang raped, shot to death, and thrown in an alligator-invested swamp. The informant, he was a South Carolina inmate inmate named Taquan Brown. Taquan told investigators he had gone to a stash house. Um, a stash house is often where they keep drugs or guns and things. Okay. And um, he saw Brittany being sexually abused and then pistol whipped when she tried to escape. Oh, Brown said he later heard two shots and assumed Brittany had been shot. An FBI agent testified that multiple searches failed to locate Brittany's body, but said that several witnesses have told us that Miss Drexel's body was placed in a pit or a gator pit to have her body disposed of, eaten by the gators. Oh, my gosh. Two months later, the Charleston Post and Courier reported on the allegations in much more detail, though, based on the transcript of the bond hearing for a man named Timothy Deshaun Taylor. He's an inmate that was serving time in a state prison on a totally unrelated charge. Mm-hmm. FBI Garrick Munones testified that earlier that year, Another South Carolina inmate named Taquan Brown, mm-hmm. who had begun serving a 25-year sentence for manslaughter, he told them that in 2009, shortly after Brittany disappeared, he had gone to visit McClellanville, the stash house, a house, like I said, where weapons and, and mm-hmm. drugs are hidden, and he needed to give money to um, Sean Taylor's, that Timothy Deshaun, they call him okay. Sean, okay? Okay. Sean Taylor's father, 
Okay, so there's... So, Taquan <clears throat> is going to a stash house yeah. where he needs to give money to this guy's father. Hmm, and odd. he says the guy who's his son is the one who was raping and pistol whipping Brittany. Okay, so there's a father-son thing combo right. at the stash house. Yeah, bad things are going through my head. I know. So, um, as he walked through the house, Brown told Munez, Munoz, it's probably just Munoz, Munoz. Munoz. Maybe. He said <laughs> Timothy sexually, uh, he said he saw Timothy sexually abusing Drexels with others present. He continued to the backyard where he found Sean and made his payment. Now, I think it was Timothy. I mean, it's just that, oh, no, Sean is... Timothy's father. So it's Timothy Taylor and Sean Taylor is the dad. Okay. That's hard when you've got all those. Um, and yeah. so they he found Sean, the dad. He made his payment. And as they talked, he said he saw Drexel run from the house but was soon recaptured. Brown said he saw... And they just stand there having mm-hmm. a conversation. Mm-hmm. This young girl's getting raped. And, and there his son runs up, uh, Timothy, right? Uh-huh. And he watched him uh, pistol whip Drexel and then take her back inside the and house. And the dad's like, good job, son. Right? I know. Oh, my gosh. This Um, makes me so mad. I'm sorry. And then um, after a while, he heard two gunshots, which he assumed were the sounds of that young woman being killed. Um, And he claims to have seen a wrapped body being removed from the house, um, which was dumped in an alligator pond nearby. Now, Brown's statement to investigators, Muno said, was partially collaborated uh, by information received from another informant who's unidentified but described as incarcerated at the Georgetown County Jail at the time he had talked to authorities. According to the second Emmy, Timothy had picked up Drexel in Myrtle Beach, so the son, Mm -hmm. and had taken her to McClellanville, where he showed her off to friends and tried to sell her to them for trafficking purposes. But when the case drew heavy media attention, Taylor decided to kill Drexel to avoid arrest. The bond hearing had been held after Timothy Taylor's arrest on a federal indictment for interfering in um, an interstate commerce um, in another city that really what it was is that he was under um, he was being indicted on a 2011 robbery of a McDonald's he was the getaway driver okay, okay? Mm-hmm. and so it's this is kind of gets confusing because it's it's important but it's not important to the story and the fact that now he had already been convicted in his involvement in the crime um, mm-hmm. for this robbery in yeah. state court. And he'd been sentenced to probation. So he did this robbery as the getaway driver. He was sentenced to probation. He had finished that when federal charges came for the same thing. Okay. So, and really what this is, is, and Taylor's, even his lawyer said, this new charge is a squeeze based on nothing more than the informant's two jails informants you know um and the mother said this is craziness she can't believe her son and her husband would ever be involved or commit in anything like this Mm -hmm. so winston holiday he's the federal prosecutor at the hearing he even admitted to the judge that the suspicions in the drexel case were among the government's reason for having brought the new charge for the um, robbery, trying, right? When he said squ- the squeeze, like trying to squeeze him to get more information out right. of another case. <coughs> yep. And Excuse so, keep, um, keep clear my throat. I'm sorry, people. Hang that's on. That's okay. <coughs> okay. Let me clear my throat. No, 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 no. Um, if you know that song. Um, okay. So, nope. um, so needless to say, um, you know, in response of, isn't this double jeopardy? Because there's a law. You can't charge yeah, somebody can't. for the same thing twice. Right. And he cited a federal law that states that federal governments can bring charges for a crime if it believes the state prosecution led to an unfair outcome. So in this case, he noted that the other two participants in the robbery had been sentenced to pr- prison with the gunman who shot the restaurant's cashier twice, mm-hmm. uh, serving 25 sentence. Um, and he felt like, they needed to re. They thought he only got probation, and that they didn't, you know, really do a good job. So yeah. he wanted to retry him, and hoping he'd get more info on the Drexel case. Meaning, I'd have lesser charges if I give info on yeah. this, right? 
Well, in March in 2018, WPDE-TV in Florence reported that nine months earlier, as a part of his plea bargains, he had agreed to take a lie detector test, which he failed. According to the federal government's sentencing, um, the only possible knowledge of the case to which Taylor admitted involvement as he said he overheard part of an argument between two people over who had Drexel's cell phone. A discussion that said him made him suspicious. Yeah, but because when, didn't he see her? Well, remember, this is I'm the, getting my people. I know, right? That's why it's hard. So this is the guy. So Taquan is in 25 years. So this is the informant. Okay. And this is the guy that he says did it to Brittany. Okay. Okay. And this is Taylor. And so they're charging him again on this robbery. Right. And so Mm. they said the only possible knowledge, um, you know, he had was he was argue heard people arguing about herself right he's and distancing so, himself from yeah it by someone else said Global. absolutely but when he was connected to that lie detector and asked whether he had seen drexel after her disappearance mm-hmm. or if he knew you mm-hmm. know her or if he was involved the examiner determined that he was not being truthful and so under um the plea agreement um, I don't like that part. Um, anyway, so after reviewing those results with Taylor's uh, lawyer, yeah. um, the examiner attempted to continue, but I guess he was too angry to do so because he didn't like that the guy said, we can tell you're lying. So um, the government then said, we recommend the minimum sentence, but it was more than probation, right? So before the sentence was scheduled, um he was already found, he violated his terms of his bail, okay? Mm-hmm. And, however, the, the presiding federal district judge um, reinstated him on mm-hmm. bail and that he, as long as he stayed on house arrest. Now, the U.S. Supreme Court then decided the case of Gamble versus United States. It's a constitutional challenge to the that dual sovereignty doctrine, remember, double jeopardy, mm-hmm. which allows separate state and federal prosecutors for the same criminal offense. Okay. Anyway, the I, I found inter- the development really pleased like activists who had been attempting to draw attention to what they considered a witch hunt, the double jeopardy. Yeah. And so, like I said, in 2019, the Supreme Court decided gamble in favor of the government upholding the dual sovereignty and allowing the federal government to proceed with the case against Taylor. So it did allow because it was mm-hmm. a federal case and they felt that maybe they didn't. And probably also it helped that he was a cr- career criminal. He wasn't a, a single mom taking care of children, right. you know, right. that had never been in trouble before. So six months later, <clears throat> uh, they did sentence him to time already served. Uh, 319 no. days after... Sounds all gone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so then in February of 19, um, Taquan Brown, the informant, uh-huh. okay, he gave a telephone interview to Rochester Station WHEC-TV from McCormick Correctional Institution. Just where two years he's ago. In, I know, where he's incarcerated. He said that he had actually seen Drexel four times after her disappearance. Now, in addition to the first encounter where he had seen her, he also said he saw her a month later, and it was at that time she was killed. So according to Brown, his first encounter with Drexel was on April 27th, two days after her disappearance, at the McClellanville Stash House being sexually assaulted by a group of 8 to 12 young men. Oh, my gosh. That's just awful. He did not recognize her at the time, but he realized who she was a month later when publicity really arose around the case. Brown's second encounter with Drexel came a few days later. This was the event that he had described to the FBI with the gunshots inside the building and the body being carried out in a rug. However, Brown's third encounter five days later occurred when he saw Drexel on a lightly traveled dirt road near his cousin's residence in Jacksonboro, about 80 miles south of McClellanville. So what has she been going through for these last, for those five days so far? I know. Oh my gosh. Brown claimed to have seen Drexel for the last time in late May. What? That's a month. Once again on his cousin's residence while visiting another friend. You know, she was locked up somewhere. And yeah, he said it's some wooded area near the property. He claimed to have witnessed Drexel being murdered by a man who Brown only knew as Nate, who shot her twice with a double barrel shotgun. 
Brown and his friends said they left immediately, fearing being considered as accomplices if they remained. WHEC was able to corroborate some of Brown's account. His description of the McClellanville stash house matched the station's own reporting from a 2016 visit. His account of the second visit, wherein he first believed Drexel had been shot, is Mm -hmm. consistent with his original story told to the FBI. The station was unable to locate the friend who Brown said he had accompanied with him on Mm -hmm. the last visit. The cousin who owned the property, where he said Drexel was purposely killed or purportedly killed, is now dead. And another witness, who Brown named, could not be found. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brown, the informant, filed a suit, though, against the Munos, the FBI, Holiday, and other federal officials because they say he identi- they identified him publicly or stop picking on me by doing so they gave him a reputation as a snitch right and put his life in danger and um so brown said that taylor so again taquan brown Mm -hmm. the informant said that sean taylor the son uh that was the one who kidnapped uh britney purportedly has offered fifteen thousand dollars to anyone who kills brown um you know because nice he's, yeah yeah so now the dad remember that timothy deshaun yeah. taylor um he was convicted oh no that is the son timothy good golly that's so hard so was, tim uh south carolina okay. he was unrelated he's the main person of interest still so sean is the father and tim yeah. is the son yeah okay all right Hopefully you're following. If you're not, just know we're, you know, we're trying to make it's it It's a father-son thing. Right. So, um, hmm. prosecutors have not formally named him as a suspect, saying only they believe he has information that can help him in the case. But they, he is the main person of interest. Who is? Uh, the son? The son, uh, Tim. Tim. Okay. So, um, Taylor was questioned by federal authorities about Brittany and he failed, though, um, this is Tim, right? He mm-hmm. failed a polygraph in which he claimed to have never seen uh, uh. the Chile teen. Um, he grew upset. He also ended the examination when he, you know, that polygraph showed. they said showed, he lied yep, or um, being untruthful. So, as we know, right now, Taquan Brown is serving 25 years for an unrelated manslaughter conviction. He's mm-hmm. the informant. He claimed that Brittany was abducted, saw her in the drug stash house, um, and claimed he saw Tim sexually abusing the teen with others. And assumed she had been shot and carried out that night. But then, right. But then he doesn't. He says later that he, he saw her a month later. Right. Exactly. So it's a, <laughs> you know, it, the stories match up, but then they kind of are a little weird, too, it, it, it's right? It's like the details switch from being on one night to mm. a different night. So no one has okay. been charged directly in connection with Brittany's that death sucks. or her de- disappearance. Yeah. Twelve years later, her loved ones continue to search for answers. They now believe she has died, as yeah. authorities ha- shared. You know, I hope for her sake that she, if she had to die, that it was that night, right? The first night, not a month later. Um, and yeah. so. Had she lived, she would be 29 years old. She mm-hmm. would have attended college. Perhaps she'd be married with children. Maybe she'd be flourishing in her career, right? We don't know. The FBI continues to offer a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of whoever is responsible. Mm-hmm. And Brittany's parents have each now remarried. Um, Chad continues to press for answers on social media. He said, I believe Brittany would want all of us to keep her story alive until we find closure and to get justice with everyone involved, he wrote in a Facebook page. Now, Brittany's mom, Dawn, her last name now is Plinkin, she moved to Myrtle Beach, like I said, in 2013, but according to searches, she now lives in Florida. And she created a foundation called Brittany's Little Angels, which really offers mm-hmm. advocacy services and support to families of missing and human traffic victims. She wow. said, I know that frantic feeling. You just don't know what to do. I wanted to start the foundation because in Brittany's name, really to help other families. 
You know, Dawn has also recently spoken out about her own podcast on her own podcast. And, uh, Good for her. Yeah. And, and, um, and it was someone, it's her and someone else. Here's a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Who has been following this case from day one and was a former mm. investigator or something. Anyway, this podcast, you guys need to watch it. It's called The Truth Exposed. And there's three episodes. And this is where it really start to question things. Hmm. So. I'm intrigued. I know. Um, the, the podcast? Yeah, I know. So. So because I watched it. And by the way, this podcast was re- just done in February of this year. No, of 2021. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the start of the U.S.'s um, right? COVID Us thing. too. So. <clears throat> Some of the things that Dawn said on this podcast will really blow your mind. Really? Okay. First of all, since then, she's been aware, made aware of somebody named Cody. Okay. Who know both Brittany. Uh-huh. He lives in the Rochester area, but he also knows the Taylor men. Mm. Little the, connection there. The father-son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a coincidence? Probably not. Don believes that money was needed to pay a debt and that um, Brittany was kind of groomed at that nightclub to trust people. Uh, maybe Peter. Who mm-hmm. knows who else? Sees these familiar faces, gets and, to know them. Yep, again. so you trust them. If long, and let's be honest. If I know you, Annie, and today you introduced me to a friend of yours, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, hey, and then tomorrow I see him on the road and he offers me a ride, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I know him. Right. Because it's your friend, right? And you're not 17. Exactly. So, um, she believes that she was groomed um, to trust people, such as Peter, and that was she was heavily coerced or convinced to go to Myrtle Beach. Remember, it was almost as an urgency. Uh-huh. Again, maybe it was told of a modeling gig. And if she got in the car willingly she must have known someone but we don't even know if that happened did she get in the car willingly but being there's no evidence of a struggle struggle a fight of blood anywhere along those boulevard Mm -hmm. we you know there's no no proof more alarmingly though don shared the issues she has had with the authorities and the investigation so early on when you said oh i'm so glad the police are on I just looked at you, uh, and I didn't say anything, because here's what Well, they says. started out okay, maybe, right. by acting like, it, oh, we're taking well, it seriously. First of all, a PI hired, not by Don, by the police to assist in the search efforts in those first 11 days, okay. found evidence. They made police aware of it several times, and to this what? day, it's still sitting in his safe. No one has ever gotten it. Now, we don't know what it is because, of course, that would ruin some of the cases, you know, uh, you know, finding out who did it. But to this day, the evidence is still sitting in this PI's safe. A soil sample was taken during the search. And in it, like, I assume they must have dug a big clump out or right. something. Because guess what? They found Brittany's birth control. What? And in fact, someone with information testified at a grand jury, but we don't know what it was. And maybe somebody does, but um, but obviously they don't want to share what it, they said because it could be critical to the case, right? Mm-hmm. And for what she said, that went nowhere also. Now, we also found out that a captain at the police department has been accused of tampering with evidence. Mm-hmm. And when Dawn looks back at the blur of those days that she realized her baby was missing mm-hmm. and she wonders, you know, why the police, after searching Brittany's room, packed up her clothes and gave them to her boyfriend, John, to give to Dawn. That's weird. They'd be considered evidence. Right. So that just confirms what was going through my head. And so obviously they just packed him up, gave him to John, who John gave him to Don. Mm-hmm. And um, the bummer of that, though, is that when the suitcase made it back home, mm-hmm. her, 
again, confusing, horrible days. Yeah. Brittany's grandmother, Dawn's mom, was so distraught and beside herself. She needed to Wanted keep, to keep busy. herself fit, busy. She did all the washing of Brittany's clothes, oh which oh. could have been evidence, right, of, yeah. of the night before who she met, DNA yeah. on it, whatever, when she was at the club. Yeah. So, Poor grandma, I bet she just. If she I ever know, figured right? it out, was kicking herself. And speaking of the captain and the possible corruption, there were three officers or detectives, you guys, that had been on this case for years. And they had been working it and working it. And from what I understand, they were literally days away from solving and making an arrest when the mayor of the Chester County, and or major, so I assume it's some somebody in the police force, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or captain, something. Anyway, mm-hmm. they pulled... Those three detectives that have been working on the case for years and were days away from an arrest and said they needed a fresh new set of eyes. Uh-huh. And they made it clear that if they continued working the case, they would be charged with obstruction of justice. Okay, so we're starting to get a picture of who was corrupt or who was being pressured from other corrupt people. Mm -hmm. God dang it, that makes me so mad. And this was all before the FBI got involved because Don is much happier now that the FBI got involved because the whole state and local government just seemed to be so corrupt, right? Man. So, I mean, really, let's think about it. Are the police involved with the club owners and um, Mm -hmm. are they gay? leaders mm-hmm. right you hear a lot of times club yeah. owners are part of a gang or part of a drug thing you know whatever that is mm-hmm. and so is that like it's out of a movie it, yeah. is this real life or movie the fact that chances are it sounds to me like the police are in cahoots with you know no all this is going on and are keeping and there was other things Don shared about other cases that the police have mm-hmm. hush hushed, and so and that a flyer she gave out somebody crumpled up and threw away. Again, I encourage you to watch the Truth Exposed with her mom um, to really understand um, more about it. Man, is it's really un you just can't believe what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does sound like like a movie. Like I immediately picture like one <clears throat> excuse me one strong personality that is like the top dog of let's say the police department that is pressuring everybody else to follow his lead and to be corrupt and then from the standpoint of the actual criminal organization there's some someone some strong personality there that must be pretty violent and can hold things over people's head that heads that if they don't cooperate bad things will happen to them and their family and my gosh. I know. I know. It's, I hate it. These are people, that, the the unknowing public that is just trusting is depending on to protect them. And that's who's allowing things to happen in so many cases. And that just makes you so scared of, because uh, I just don't. Makes me so angry. I know, right? For myself and, so and scared for The bottom line is, though, until there's further mm-hmm. witnesses or some evidence to really nail down the story that was told and by And there has to be Brown, someone that's going to be willing to push through oh, that. And by the way, Don also mm-hmm. is now being an advocate for Taquan, the informant who's in jail for that manslaughter, because she really believes he was unfairly convicted. Wow. Right. So it's so crazy, The whole, everything that has gone on, right? That's a twisty, turny it story, really man. Is. It really is. So, again, okay. until we have more witnesses or evidence, um, we can, Brittany remains missing and presumed, presumed most dead. likely dead. Oh. Well, bottom line, to all of our listeners, dead or alive, let's all be the heroes in this case. And by the way, I believe John was the hero because he immediately mm-hmm. got on, told the truth to the mom. He didn't delay, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But let's yeah. all be the heroes in this case. And let's spread the word to help find Brittany or to at least bring her the justice that she yeah. and her family deserve and bring that peace to her family they deserve. So, listeners. Someone might know something. Right. That you, knows someone that, that knows, knows something That knows something. So, mm-hmm. keep this story alive. Share this podcast with your friends. Listen to The Truth Exposed. And, I mean, there are also so many things. I know that um, the CNN headline news, it's mm-hmm. called The Real Series Nightmare. Um, they have an episode they they uh, did last December. Yeah. Okay, and that's probably what caused more interest in oh, now why right. Don's doing a podcast. But anyway, that episode is called Spring Break from Hell. And mm-hmm. um, that is... Um, was it was it was put out in December of twenty 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 yeah okay so 
And it covered her story and mm-hmm. what they kind of know. I didn't get to watch it though, and so yeah. I'm dying to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it too. Um, and then, but I, but I, like I said, the truth exposed. I did watch all three of those episodes, and so I encourage you to do that also. And I meantime, am going to listeners again. Keep Brittany Drexel's case in mind. Anybody you know from Myrtle Beach. Say so who's Beach? Who do you know that you may know yeah, that you yeah. may know, right? So, and people Dawn, in Myrtle Beach probably didn't even know, recognize that you said it like that because don't they have a cute little Southern accent? I don't know if Myrtle Beach does. I don't know. I don't know either. Bottom yeah. line, though, Don, Chad, and to everyone in her family and friends that loved her, such as her boyfriend, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah, and our condolences go out to you, and we hope that by sharing these stories that someone else doesn't have to go through this. You know, human. that a teen may say, a mom may say, you mm-hmm. need to listen to this podcast because mm-hmm. this is what happens when you think it's a harmless lie mm-hmm. and you can't do that. So, human trafficking, sex trafficking it's a massive is one of the issue. most horrifying things to me that I've always felt a passion for. Like I don't know what to do for it, how to fix it, how to help that I've actually looked into how you could go and almost like, I don't know how to say oh, this. Oh, be the undercover? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that Lisa, what's her name? Lisa Ling. She does an undercover mm-hmm. um, and does big stories on that. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah. I know. It'll be a horrible report. At the end of the day, here's the deal. Really? In 2021, we still have sex trafficking? But then you think of... Only fans, which is a, a most likely like a pornography, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost like a it's a social media site and it's called Only Fans. Oh. And in fact, somebody just the other day asked me what I did for a living. And, and I just said, have you ever seen Only Fans? And you should have seen their face um, because most people on Only Fans are sex workers and pornography and stuff. So it was pretty funny. I'm, I have no idea I what you're and talking some about. Some people don't, right? But yeah. um, anyway, and so I go, <laughs> I thought you were maybe a sex I, worker. I know, I go, you are have hot, you seen baby. Only Fans? And their face, well, no, oh. their face was more like confused. Like, how could that be? <laughs> How could that be? Oh, shut um, up. But yes, yeah, so I, it's hey. hard to believe, though, in 2021, there's so much of it still oh. out there. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. Mm-mm-mm. So our hearts go out to you, Don, yeah. and to Chad and to everybody involved in this case. And let's bring uh, bring justice to Brittany and peace to her family, everyone. Amen. I know. <laughs> in the meantime, that. everyone, thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you and your dedication to listening to us. You know, you three people that are. <laughs> Again, send thank us you. emails. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Ghost stories. We need ghost stories. Um, or if you, by the way, also October is not just scary Halloween month. It's also... Uh, domestic Violence Awareness Month. I oh, think. it is. And um, so, you know, if you have a domestic violence story that, you know, ended tragically or ended in a, a hero way, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear that, too. So, Or ends in a zero way. We'd like to hear that. Exactly. It's exactly. a bummer, but... But we love your stories, especially if you were personal to them, local to you. Yes. Send them over. Please. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening. Spread the word. We are here. Yes. (laughs) Nice snort. Adios, amigos. Bye-bye. Adios, amigos. That's how I meant to say that. Thanks again so much for joining us, everyone. Be sure to stay connected with us on social media at both Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram is... Heroes Zeros Podcast. And Facebook. Heroes and Zeros, a true crime podcast. And you can listen to our podcast episodes or support or donate money to us. And you can send us your stories and just a lot more at our website, which is Heroes and Zeros True Crime.com. Again, that's Heroes and Zeros True Crime.com. And you can email us also at heroes to zeros and more. That's the number two, heroes to zeros and more at gmail.com. Exactly. And you can also support us at our Patreon site now, which is patreon.com slash heroes zeros. Thank you, everyone. Bye.